me just tell you a little bit about me so you know why I'm here and why would I do what I do. I live just north of Nashville, Tennessee. Um, my husband and I have eight children and six grandchildren. And in 1995, I was a patient in a mental hospital. So welcome to the afternoon so that's my story, and I hope you won't think I'm too flip about mental illness, but if you do, I would say, that's my story, that's how I share it, and that's the story that brings me to you today. So welcome, friends, to Consider Yourself Hugged, episode 34. Today's hug, rest, emotions, choices, thoughts, and more. Another chat with my son. I am Dr. Tammy West, here every week to bring you tips on living a life that brings you mental and emotional well-being. You've heard a chat, I hope anyway, that you've listened with my oldest son, Jamie. Well, James, to everyone in his adult world, but probably never to me. And he's fine with that, which is just one of the many reasons I love him so much. Our plan today was to focus on rest, which we did, but we also veered into so many other cool areas. So I really hope you enjoy it. Um, I will repost any social media links for him to stay in touch with him, um, like I did last time, I'll put them in the show notes. And just a quick disclaimer, I should probably say this every week, that most of the advice that I give or that I, I want from guests on my show, unless I specifically say that it's about PTSD or mental illness or trauma or whatever, but most of just the general advice is for what I guess we would call daily life for lack of a better word. I I just never want anyone to think that I'm insensitive if you're going through something that's that's traumatic in your life, although I do think a lot of this stuff can help as well. Just wanted to say that because we did mention it in the chat, but it was more toward the end. Our talk today is not super structured. None of our talks are. We talk all the time. So today, I don't have anything that I'm going to put really in the show notes as far as content because you will just have to listen. So please enjoy. I was I was thinking this morning, it was interesting, you know, Time Magazine does like special issues from time to time. I really don't know how often, but I picked up one. I think I told you this the other day. I picked up one uh, about a month ago and it's a special emotion or a special um, edition on the science of emotions and the latest research on emotions and and happiness and all that stuff and joy so i'm i was scanning through it and it i found it super interesting that on scan now i've read some of the articles but I, ha- I haven't read it cover to cover but i have scanned it cover to cover and i only saw two little snippets about with the word sleep and nothing with the word rest which i know some people see them as the same thing but they're related but they're not exactly the same thing but i thought gosh out of all the things that they didn't talk about. They really didn't talk much about sleep or rest. So I don't know, it's kind of a timely topic. So you brought it up. So tell me why you brought up rest because you've had so many changes. Why did that like come to mind over everything else? Well, I was just on a trip for like three weeks. Um, And it was a mix of like personal and professional stuff. Okay. Uh, uh, And you know, a lot of it was like, um, I think created both a, a lack of sleep and rest um, because, you know, starting a, a new thing, starting to work with new people, you know, going to my best friend's wedding, going to a lot of dinners, eating a lot. Um, 
but just like you know like kind of draining my body and my mind um yeah and i uh you know i got back to san francisco uh and, and starting this new thing it wasn't like it would be easier i guess for the job to move back to bc uh, but I wanted to stay in San Francisco um, and, and deal with the travel so that I would be able to to sort of recharge after those long sprints. Um, and so that's kind of the way that I have felt this week getting back from San Francisco is instead of meeting a different person for dinner every night, uh, you know, meetings all the time, uh, you know, going to the bar after dinner, like just trying to maximize all the time that I have on this sort of on period. In addition to like doing real work and, you know, launching a prototype of the, the thing that I'm working on, yeah. um, I, I wanted to kind of spend this week and, and um, well, this week, next week's going to get crazy again to uh, to kind of stop and think and, and, and recharge. And so, um, and I think, sorry. Well, I was gonna say for, cause I mean, I, I will record people who've listened to me in my interviews before they know I'll, I'll record like an intro, um, which if you're listening to this now, it means you've already heard the intro, but for those who don't, you know, we've had a chat before. And so you left Facebook, which is a crazy life. And then you had some time off when you were figuring out what to do and you learned this value of rest and taking care of yourself and now you're back into the work world but it's even more different because you're not working in an office and when you do and just stop me correct me if i'm wrong but when you do um have those so that so you go to dc or new york or wherever where the actual offices are and the people are and then it's meeting after meeting after meeting and it could be at night it could be late it could be early and then when you're back home you still have all this work you have to do but it's different yeah it, it's like i think it's it's important to it, it is so easy i think when you're in like an office environment uh, and, and you're and there's so many different things about being an office environment than, than working you know uh from, from home mm -hmm. uh, or it, one of them is sort of this i think constant expectation that you um not expectation but just it, it's almost an internal expectation versus an external expectation but it, just kind of filling the time as as much like filling as much time as you can with as much as you can um and and it, at facebook i notice like all the time you just have useless meetings all the time um, and the reason that you have useless meetings is because there are you know eight nine ten hours in the day and so people think okay well i have I have some time. How should I fill it? Let's um, have a meeting. Right, and and you know, I I think back at some of the meetings that I had, a lot of the meetings that I had, and I thought, well, those are completely useless. Uh, why why did I have those meetings? And uh, real progress and innovation and disruption and like all of the kind of buzzwords that yeah. accompany this type of work, they, they don't. It, it doesn't come from like just meeting after meeting after meeting it comes from people having the space and the time to to sort of reflect on 
kind of where they are, where they want to be, mm-hmm. uh, to, to read, to think, uh, to make sure they get enough sleep, to, uh, to disconnect a, a bit. And I think one of the things that uh, I've been thinking about a lot is that the, the concept of like disconnection or rest or recharging is is like it's it's recursive, which which means it just like kind of exists on many different levels. And and so like what I mean by that is like you can go on a two week vacation, and you should go on you know a two week vacation once in a while, and and completely disconnect from work. Uh, and that will give you some time to to rest and some, and to recharge and to think. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have weekends, uh, and that can, can give you some time to to rest and to think. And then you have the mornings and the nights when you're not working, right? And and that will also give you that time. But then you also have, and I think this is where uh, this starts to break down. Is like even in the middle of the workday when you're trying to accomplish things, I just think you know you you need time to to rest and to to recharge and to think like in the middle of a work day you, and, and i think most people don't do a very good job of this and it's hard to do a good job of this in an office environment where uh, people are you have meetings and people are stopping by your desk and you got all sorts of expectations as to the, your availability and your your ability to collaborate etc well but like if also, you also remember because some people who are listening are not going to be just working in office environments i mean they could be working in a store or a kitchen or out doing some sort of outdoor type i mean you know or the the shift that they work is like i mean think of people who work at the airport or you know no, that's a great that's a great point and so in any environment right you have and some of these expectations are less flexible to your point it's not like like it in a lot of office environments, especially open office environments, you can like put on headphones and that's a signal uh, to people that you're, you're, you're unavailable or you can decline meeting invites or whatever. That's obviously not the case uh, if you're working at a retail store or at an airport. Um, but no, but what, I, you're, I, it, what you're saying is there, at least that's what I think you're saying is that there are opportunities in our lives to recharge and we have to recognize when they are, whether it's certain right. points during the workday, the morning, the evening, the weekends, a vacation time, which some people, you know, may not have the, 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 they may not be able to do something like vacation time, but you're just saying, and I agree with you on that. There are times where we can, if we actively look for them and we make it a priority, right? Is that what well, you're saying? I am, yeah, and, and I, I think, I think one of the key lessons for me of of meditation practice uh, has been that you can standing up for thirty seconds anywhere that you are, close your eyes and focus on your breath and recenter yourself, and I think that's sort of a totally an act of of recharging and rest. Um, but it's also, I think, how you think about the types of things that you're doing in work. So like I remember when when I worked retail in high school that and I'll use a an example from retail in high school and then I'll use an example from you know work in an office that like a lot of the day you're working with customers you're you know, dealing with numbers you may be at a cashier mm-hmm. or a station like you you really are, are fully engaged you can't stop and rest 
Um, but I, you know, I remember, and I haven't thought about this in a while. When I when I worked retail, one of probably uh, the the parts of the day that I looked forward to was when I was closing. Uh, you know, I'd have to go uh, throughout the store and make sure that all the things were in the right places and that they were neatly arranged. I think we called that fronting. Probably, mm -hmm. I probably got that wrong. I don't remember what it was called. I don't uh, know. But I think that was, you know, it's pretty mindless work. Nobody's asking you to to tell them how this tent works or to ring up a, an item. Uh, and so it's, I think, really up to, to you how you choose to spend that time internally. Do you choose to spend it you know, worrying about the, the next day, do you choose to spend it, you know, thinking about how somebody annoyed you that day? Or do you choose to spend it, mm. like, re reflecting and, and uh, you know, like, trying to, to calm your mind or uh, j just trying to find a way to rest? I think, you know, that's, that's another example. Like, I, I don't do an hour long, hour and a half long commute anymore. Um, mm. But I used to, I used to do that, you know, two times a day. And these days were just like un immeasurably better when I chose to spend that time listening to a podcast uh, or reading a book rather than working or, or sitting and, and just becoming anxious about what was going to happen yeah. uh, throughout the rest of the day. Another example from, from office, like office work is everybody who, who works in an office from time to time, I think, has to do like mindless data entry or cleaning a spreadsheet or you know like some type of administrative work uh and i think that's like a great opportunity to to put on the music that you like and to, to kind of zone out and and recharge but i think it's a really intentional act to say okay well i'm going to take this time whatever it is and, and use it to try and uh to to give me some space between active engagement well and you know you um I have a couple of thoughts on this just you know again for anybody who doesn't know i mean your life when when you were with facebook primarily i mean you you had jobs before that were pretty demanding too but i mean we're not just talking about eight to five or eight to six or eight to seven or an occasional evening or maybe something on the weekend or not even really that there were more busy times and less busy times although i guess that's true to a point but it was your entire life. It was sometimes 12, 14, 16 hour days, right? And so you've made a really big change in your life as far as, I mean, yes, you've, you've chosen a different path for your career, but through that, even before you did that, you started really working on trying to figure out this concept of how you were going to take better care of yourself. So, but then I think, okay, so because I struggle with some of the things you're talking about. Like if I were, well, for example, today I went and got my nails done. It takes about 35 minutes, maybe 40. And the whole time I'm watching the clock, I'm thinking about where I need to go. Even if I don't have anything, like I needed to get home for you, but it wouldn't have mattered because we could have delayed it 30 minutes or, but I was still, okay, what time is it? I need to get home. I will literally think I'll unlock the door and get Roxy. I'll feed Roxy. I'll let Roxy out. And then I'll go strip the bed because I wash the sheets on Thursdays. And then I'll get in. We'll do the podcast. And then I have to do this. And, I, and so it is really hard to rest my mind. But I think the important point, at least for me and anybody listening who just can't wrap their mind around taking a minute, like you said, to focus on your breath or breathing 
it, the first step really is recognizing that it's, it's not okay that you can't do that. It's really not okay. And it's not a just, oh, well, that's just how I am. My mind races. I'm always thinking it's not just how, who you are and it's not okay. So you got to make the change. So, I mean, how do you think you went from that chaotic, no restful life? I mean, what brought you to where you are and tell us how you did it? Well, so I think I just had some time. Like I, I used kind of the word recursive before, right? Which is you can think about times of rest and uh, all the way from <clears throat> a, a split second where you just recenter and calm your mind all the way to mm -hmm. people who wander for months or, you know, people who take sabbaticals for years. Like it's, it, it really, I think, can and occupy any amount of time and you get different benefits from that. Uh, but before I decided to quit Facebook, I had a sabbatical that thankfully, you know, you, you get after uh, five years of working there. Um, mm -hmm. For, for a month and uh, I got to spend that time traveling uh, and really sort of thinking and uh, reflecting about like the type of person that I wanted to be uh, and uh, which you know at, at, at that moment I was I think you put it really well like I had you asked me about my mind I would have said oh, that's just how I am my mind is, is wandering it's racing it's chaotic mm -hmm. um, and in that time uh, through just traveling and meeting new people and uh, reading books and you know I think there's for any sort of extended travel it's almost like time kind of takes on new meaning because uh, it doesn't really matter what day it is the only reason it matters what time it is is if you need to go do a thing sometimes you some days you just spend the entire day reading you don't even care about the time at all uh, and so it gives you this unique space to to really uh, dissect sort of like the the important things that you care about without the pressure of, of uh, what some might refer to as the real world. Uh, and so, you know, I hate that phrase, right? It's that's, a dumb phrase. That's why you said, um, as someone referred to it, or you saying it for me or because you hate it too. I, I just think it's dumb. Uh, the, the world is real. Everything's real. Thank mm -hmm. you. Uh, and, and I think when people say like, Oh, they're, Oh, that we're back to the real world. It like implies that that the way they spent their time, like with family or with friends or by themselves, or you know, doing things that they loved, was somehow like less real than like going to their job. Uh, and, and I don't think that's true. Um, but I, anyways, with that time in that space, I had the kind of a, a realization that I just wasn't living the type of life that I wanted to live, but also that. Uh, I had really not focused on my mental health um, in a way that that, that I, I cared about. And, and I think also, and, and this is true for a lot of like high performing people, uh, you, you tend to think of your mental health as sort of like a, a nice to have. Uh, well, I'm, I'm doing this important thing, you know, it's, it's necessarily going to be stressful. Um, I, I'll, I'll get to that when I get to that, but I have to deal with this other stuff right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's just like a really damaging way to, to kind of live your life. And that's the way I was living my life. Uh, and I guess to put a finer point on it, what I realized during that time was that uh, the only thing that any of us really have, the, the way that we experience the world, the way that we know ourselves, the way that we 
the, the thing that kind of exists at every moment um, is is just like every moment, right? We and and our awareness of that moment and the things that we choose mm -hmm. to react to and the things that we don't choose to react to. Uh, and so I realized I was reacting in a lot of negative ways to a lot of things that uh, were either completely self-imposed or out of my control or in my control, but I was choosing not to, to change them. Mm -hmm. uh, and that those reactions, whether it was like eating poorly or drinking too much or not sleeping or stressing out all the time, uh, were, uh, were not just like making my life worse, but they were my life. That's, they, they were my awareness. They were the way that I saw the world. Uh, and so I think there are a lot of ways, I mean, there, there were some things that I chose to do, like committing to exercise mm -hmm. uh, and committing to fasting, which is a thing that I, those are those things that are so really important to me now. Um, but also like meditating and reading, uh, uh, reading philosophy and uh, reaching out to, to like a community of like-minded people. Like all of those things are really important, mm -hmm. uh, but but they ultimately, meditation i don't remember if i mentioned that but they, they all sort of like I'm not, i don't think i'm quite there yet but it led to a much more calm uh, existence where i i think i'm less reactive most of the time uh, although I, I just ranted to you for like 20 minutes before we did this podcast <laughs> that's okay. but that was therapeutic <laughs> well uh, we, we need the vent sometimes and sometimes it just needs to be just that the vent um sometimes just saying things to, to other people but well it's like and like in learning to meditate one of the things that you learn really early is that when you have a feeling uh, you kind of have two choices you can either recognize that that's a feeling and that happened and you shouldn't judge yourself for having that feeling it's you, you're not in control of having that feeling but what you are in control of is, is whether you react to it or not um so it's the first thing and then the second thing is that by observing that, that this feeling is happening um, and by observing that you're not in control of that feeling, it just happened. And by observing that you have control of how you react, you sort of deprive that feeling of its value. Uh, of its, uh, uh, well, of its value. Hey, instead of talking about that just in the like theoretical sense, um, give an example. You and I have talked about this before. Well, it's, somebody does something that makes you mad. Okay. So and you, you're with a friend, they say something. You have that flood of adrenaline. You get upset, right? Yeah, and, oh. and so at that moment, you can uh, you can get more upset, um, and that creates this self perpetuating cycle of anger and fear and all of these really bad emotions. Or you can say, "Okay, um, I know I'm upset. I'm not judging myself for being upset. That's just the way that I feel right now." but I'm gonna choose to observe that I'm upset and not react to it. And so in that sense, then you say, okay, well, you examine the, the, the feeling that you had. Why are you having this feeling? Mm -hmm. what, are the, what are the motivating factors? Maybe you don't understand all of them. We don't understand ourselves nearly as well as we think we do. But I mean, learning to interpret those feelings into, from like a stoic or like a logical, perspective is, is I think kind of like the task of a lifetime it's not something that it's going to be done overnight or even a couple of years I think it's just like a commitment to a, a lifetime of, of of doing that of like running that process over and over and over again okay I feel this way stop why do I feel this way 
okay and then often when you say why do I feel this way mm-hmm. it's not just like this abstract like oh I feel this way because I really respected this person as a friend and I felt betrayed and I am, am just hurt and I'm sad well that is much more concrete than I'm upset and angry. One thing that I thought was really interesting, uh, there's, I, I've talked before about to you about Sam Harris, who uh, is a, is a podcast and has a meditation app and mm-hmm. a, a bunch of books on meditation, but his wife, um, I think is really fascinating, um, because she, uh, teaches med- meditation to kids. Yeah. Um, which at first I was like, how can kids, go through that process that seems like it, it requires like a lot of a lot of focus and a lot of intent mm-hmm. but then when I read more about what she's actually doing I thought oh wow this is brilliant and I think has a lot of lessons for adults is that for, for teaching meditation to kids she just teaches them literally rather than screaming which is what most kids do when they don't have a way to describe what they're feeling to just mm-hmm. say the words that they're feeling she teaches them literally what they're feeling so instead of like screaming when they're, uh, you know, when their brother gets a toy and they didn't get a toy, she teaches them to say, "Hey, I'm I'm jealous because I uh, I want the same things that my my brother has." Uh, and so in that sequence, by teaching kids words to describe their emotions, well, a they probably scream less, but b they they hopefully develop like a lifelong awareness of the ways that they're feeling, which I I don't think she's this type of work has been going on that long but I would love to see studies of kids who have been taught to do that mm-hmm. when they're in their childhood and, and how that ends up changing their lives when they're adults because I think over a lifetime that seems like it could be pretty profound. Well I think we as parents try to do that in a way she's just making it more of a you know it's the whole thing when you're having screaming about you want something and the parent will say you know use your words or tell me yeah. so I think it I think it um is great to focus on it as a practice. Um, you know where I think as adults, a great place to practice what you're talking about is traffic. I really do. Oh my God. I have bad road rage. No, see, that's what you just said is what people say. Well, I have road rage. Yesterday, to, something happened and then it led to something else. I was in a long line of, it was here in Gallatin, you know, this relatively small town where we live. And but but it was like schools were getting out. So I'm I'm in this traffic jam, I guess, if you want to call it. And a car was wanting to turn. And so I paused and let that car turn. Well, most people know when you do something like that, like in, in traffic, you let somebody out. You do, It just makes you feel good for a second, right? I mean, it, you're like, oh, I did a good thing. It makes me feel happy. So it made me feel happy. And then just a few minutes later, a car pulled out in front of me to turn left and I had to, I didn't really have to break necessarily, but I had to kind of let off the gas. And then in that moment, I made the decision to go, oh my gosh, I'm so, it was, a, I saw it was a man. I'm so glad he made it. Like it made me happy that he made it because the, the traffic was so bad. He was just trying to find a little gap where he could get out. And that could have been me, but it made me feel happy to feel happy for him. Does that make sense? I was like, okay, good. Nobody hit him. Yeah. Good for him. He made it. I'm so happy. And it just led to more good choices throughout the day because people do not, most of the time, do not mean to ruin your day in traffic. And I just think it's a great place to practice your skills of 
you feel this way. Why do I feel this way? What am I thinking? How can I change it? How can I, you know, rec- I just think it's a good place to practice. I think that's right. I think, um, I can't remember who I was reading, but like somebody pointed out and maybe I was reading this online or in a book or something, but that road rage specifically is, is uh, particularly like intense because it's almost like this, it's, it's this intense physiological response to being in like, what generally is like a pretty constant state of danger when you're driving on a road. Yeah. Uh, and so like, it, it it happens probably it, it like 10 times the speed as, as your reaction to maybe something else because you're going 70 miles an hour and you mm-hmm. or, you know maybe you have your kids in the car and you have you have an immense amount of responsibility when you're operating a vehicle yes um, it, it reminded me though about some what you just said reminded me about uh, a part in, in Sam Harris's book Waking Up where he talks about how he was with his wife in his house uh, and they, you know, woke up in the middle of the night to like a flood in their attic because it was like raining and there was like a, they live in an old house and there was like an unpatched hole in the, the roof. Huh? Um, and, and he said uh, at that moment, which is probably more similar to like road rage than even, I, I think that's less intense than, than, you know, just, getting annoyed at a friend or something Mm -hmm. he said okay well I can either be really upset that this thing happened um or I can think about all the ways that it could have been worse uh and be grateful that it that it wasn't worse and so when he chose the latter he was just very calm uh very logical and he said okay these are the things we need to do to solve this problem and I think I I I think about that a lot because it's like you really I think part of this, um, and, and, you know, bringing this back to the theme of, of rest, it, it's all a choice, right? You don't, you it, choose how, you don't choose the feelings you have, you choose how you react to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you don't choose to, you, you don't choose to like uh, be tired or you don't choose to, to be stressed. Or you don't choose to, I mean, you choose to, to, you don't choose to incur these physiological stressors often, but you do choose to say, okay, well, I'm going to take a second and breathe. Or, hey, this is an example from my life. I've maxed out on PTO three years in a row. Maybe that exists for a reason. I should probably take that. Like, these are, these are things that you choose to do. Well, and I will say, though, about the choosing your emotion, um, I, I will change that just a little because, I mean, the, the theory that I believe in that I talk about all the time is you're right in a way. I mean, we have basic, basic emotions that we're hardwired with, like fear and anger and joy. And those are in the brainstem and the primitive brain, and they, they happen um, before you know it. But then we do choose sometimes the complex emotions. Like, for example, if I did almost get hit in traffic, then it's it's fear quickly that allowed the adrenaline for me to punch the gas and not get hit or whatever swerve. But then if the mind takes over, then it goes from fear to rage because now, you know, if I'm not careful, I start thinking all the things about how that person sucks as a human being and how they were trying to kill me. And, and now I am choosing that, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the reaction cycle. It's like, what do you, you don't choose, like the, as you mentioned, there are chemicals that are pumping through your brain, and they are, they're useful, right? They let you not get hit. 
Yes. Um, but then you, I think I read an article that Ariana Huffington posted a few days ago about how like that cycle from, from the thing that you can't control to the thing that you can is about 90 seconds. Mm. Uh, like start, start to finish. Uh, and, and so you like, you, you, I guess one way of putting it is you like refuse to let that stuff add up because it, 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 it is just one thing and you're in control of whether it's one thing or it's a hundred things. Oh, this is great. You just reminded me, my friend Dylan, um, who is currently, he's an interesting fellow. He's, he's currently hiking uh, El Camino in Spain, which is like a really long uh, ancient hike through a lot of like really interesting places in Spain. Uh, he, he told me this Buddhist proverb the other day, which I think is, is really beautiful and it, it describes this. It's like, so if you're walking through the woods um, and you get shot with an arrow, you get shot with an arrow in your leg. What do you do? Uh, do you calmly examine the situation, figure out how far it is for help, figure out how deep the wound is, how much do you know about medicine? Should you pull the thing out or should you not? Should you stop? Do you have access to communication? And then make a plan and execute that plan. Um, or do you freak out? Well, it's probably some combination of both of those things. But if you freak out, you might as well have been shot with another arrow, which I, I thought was a really great way of putting it. Wow. You're, you got shot with the arrow once. Why, why yeah. get shot with it again? Yes. And, you know, I, I probably will make this disclaimer in the intro, too, because I always want, whenever I talk about any of this type of stuff, you know, emotions, mind, thoughts, um, worry, sleeping, whatever, um, I want people to know that like if you're listening right now and you just experienced trauma in your life, you know, I'm not really talking to you, although things can help. But I think what we're really trying to talk about here is people living life, you know, sort of your daily walk. Um, so anyway, I just don't want someone to think that we don't feel their pain, you know, um, especially if they're going through something serious. And another thing I wanted to do, say too, I forgot earlier, you were talking about mental health. And, and I just wanted to make sure I said this out loud because, you know, we all have, we talk about mental health as, as if it's a thing and that only someone who is struggling has mental health problems. But mental health is like we all have mental health, just like physical health. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not good. And I think it's, I wish we could use it more in that way. You know what I mean? And that whole rest thing. Um, then the final thing I want to say, and I want this to kind of get us to where we really give some little, maybe succinct, helpful points to people. One of the things I talk about all the time, I hope it's not overkill, but I think part of the reason that people don't get the rest they need is that whole societal judgment thing that I've talked about. And I was having a conversation with a woman, I don't even know how long, it's been months ago, and she had a daughter or a daughter-in-law or a friend, someone in her world had just had a baby. And this, this mom of this new baby was talking about, um, she was trying to find time to rest. She had a friend to watch the baby. And this woman I was speaking to literally said, poof, girl, when, when I was a mom, when I had kids, we didn't have time for that whole, ooh, I have to rest thing. And I was like, wow. Well, that happened to me recently. Did it really? Tell me. Well, what you know, I started a company 
which is hard. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to a person I used to work with, and I, I was saying, oh, well, I'm going to take a few days to you know, think and write and uh, kind of work on this problem. And they said something to the effect of, oh, well, when I was starting a company, I never had time to do any of that. <laughs> um, I was like, well, that, I think you and that kind of... It kind of threw me off. I was like, am I not working hard enough? Am I not? This is a person I respect. And I was like, but then I I realized the only way that people can be successful at these things is if they don't burn themselves out. And the only way to not burn yourself out is to rest. Yeah, it's just, uh, and people's words have such power. So anybody, if you tend to do that, and you may not know you do it, but be careful about saying, oh, well, that must be nice, or I wish I had time for that, or I never, just because those, those words can really affect people, um, and it's just not, it's not fair, it's not right, and discounting, like, we have physical bodies, we have oxygen needs, we have, we have water needs, we have nutrition needs, we have rest needs, and when you ignore those, what the heck, why do we think that it doesn't have an effect? it has an effect. So it's just crazy to me. Um, and you know, we all have different, if you're a new mom out there, or a new dad, or you, you probably aren't sleeping and you won't for until things get back to normal, but we shouldn't view that as the norm. We shouldn't view life as, well, we should just never rest. We should never sleep. We should, that's crazy. Stages are one thing. Living your life that way is another. So what are we going to, what are we going to, so my biggest recommendation to people for this whole concept of rest is to really dig into your mind. Are you, are you failing to rest because you feel that it will present you as someone who is lazy or irresponsible or not part of the air quote real world? Is that, and I think that that's a good place to start is to see in your, in your own mind and identity, why you aren't resting, discounting, remember medical issues, new mom, you just went through trauma, not that, but just in the course of life, what is it that's keeping you from sleeping? Um, that's where I would start. What about you? I think the underlying thing, I think that guides that type of conversation with people is, is this sort of like projecting your judgment of yourself onto other people. So it's like, oh, well, this person seems like they're doing well. It's it's like when a person hears that somebody's doing well in a place where maybe they didn't feel like they did well, mm-hmm. uh, the the sort of dominant emotion is to say, oh, well, uh, I feel like inadequate or I feel like I should have been able to do that. Uh, and then there's there's like a tendency, I think, to then throw that back on the other person and say, oh, well, the, the thing that you said is maybe like less valid because I couldn't do that or something, but that's all rooted in like mm. our judgment of ourselves and the, the sort of image that we want to like project on, on the world. And so I think one way of putting this is just like be kind to yourself and be kind to other people and yes. kind of give yourself a break, which yeah. is something that I fail at a lot is to say like, well, one other thing I realized is like, I've been, doing this and I think this applies to like new moms or people who went through trauma or really anything it's like these things are hard uh, like rewarding things in life are hard um, and every day you do hard things that you maybe before thought that you couldn't do and then you grow from that 
Um, but then our expectations reset. So if you're a new mom, you got through the first week and you've established a routine and you like are fundamentally a different person than you were before because you've like done all these things. If you're running a company or building a product, you took something that was nothing and you turned it into something. That's a really big deal. And then maybe people are using it or whatever. But then like the next week, you're like, I'm a piece of crap. Uh, uh, because I can't do this other thing and you forget that you just did all this other stuff that before you didn't even realize you could do (laughs) oh I don't you probably didn't listen to my podcast last week but I read something so if anybody else if you haven't listened to last week's it was about um your inner critic but the book that I was reading from called self-esteem um I actually read the whole paragraph and of course now I'm going to paraphrase but it said um what separates us from animals is our ability to have an identity and then assign a value to it and decide if we like it or not. And I was like, wow. And how damaging that is if we decide that we have whatever our identity is, who we are, and then we don't like it. How damaging that is to us psychologically and, and also physically. So yeah, you're like, you, we can go from hero to zero and just like, poof. And it's all, it's all task-based, right? I mean, it's like accomplishment-based, whether that's in a relationship or in a work mode. Oh, my gosh. It's just judging ourselves day after day after day. And then the rest is – our rest sleeping self is just destroyed. So uh, it's, the, it's the hedonic treadmill that I talked about. You can Google that. There's a Wikipedia article. Uh, it's the tendency for our expectations to just reset all the time. Yes. Well, hey, send me, um, I've, I've got a couple of, of links that I'm thinking of. I'll put a link to that self-esteem book again in the show notes, even though it was there last week. And then I'm going to probably have a link to something out of the Time magazine and then a couple other things. And send me any links that you think would be helpful Hello. to put in for people to look at. So the moral of the story is uh, stop judging yourself. Be kind. Chill. And chill. chill. <laughs> All the deep things we talk about, we end with don't be stupid and chill. <laughs> well, I'm sure everybody knows the heart of that is just we we you know, I had coffee with a friend today and we were talking about this rampant and I talked about it last week, this just rampant inner critic and which causes us to sometimes just lie awake at night. So I think that's a good place to start is be kind, chill, take care of yourself, recognize that it's important, find out why you're not doing it, take steps to do it. And we will put all kinds of links to help you with that in the show notes. Are we good? Okay. We're good. All right. Thank you, dear. Thank you. Love you. And that is sadly our time for today. I hope you learned something that will help you in some way. I don't know exactly in what way, but I know it was a lot, whether it was for you to rest, um, work on your thoughts, work on your emotions, choices, whatever it is, please pass the show link along to a friend or two and head over to TammyWest.com to get information if you would like for me to speak at your next event. And also you'll find the links, uh, things that he promised, things that I promised. The monthly giveaway always comes from leaving a comment on the blog slash show notes, so be sure to do that. 
It is still a Consider Yourself Hugged mug, and I know you're just going to love it. And thank you, as always, for helping everyone, all of our community, to grow and just have more listeners on our show. It just means a lot to me. And finally, remembering our mental and emotional well-being goal, I truly hope that you will renew your thoughts daily, adopt empowering language that prevents verbal harm to yourself and others, and make positive mental and emotional choices every single day of your life. And until next time, consider yourself hugged.